Good afternoon and welcome to all my listeners out there. Uh, it's so good to be back. This is uh, going to be another episode for Questions for God. We're going to be talking about fasting today. Everybody's favorite subject. I know it's a lot of fun watching other people eat while you are restraining yourself and you can't eat. Uh, and that is a joke, obviously. I don't think any of us can actually truthfully say that we enjoy fasting and not eating. Um, but it's actually a necessity, if you're a Christian, to crucify your flesh. It, um, I've been getting back into my routine of fasting and it's definitely leading me closer to God. I feel a deeper connection to Him when I fast. And uh, there's nothing like um, reading His Word and feasting on His Word and praying. And really, when you start off a fast, you're extremely weak and reluctant, and it's very difficult. But ironically, the more you go with your fast, uh, the stronger you become because you realize that... Um, you need God's strength and His comfort and His wisdom and His reassurance as you're going through it. And so you rely more and more on Him and it um, increases your spiritual bond with Him and increases your relationship. So we're going to be talking about that even though I know it's a sore subject, but it's definitely, like I said, a necessity that every Christian needs to do every now and then. Um, so let's get right into it. The scripture that I'm going to be reading from is Isaiah 58.6. And then I'm going to take you to Proverbs 24.11. Isaiah 58.6 says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? And then Proverbs, we're going to move to Proverbs Twenty-four eleven, and Proverbs twenty-four eleven says, "If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain." So basically, it's saying, "Rescue those that are being led away to death, and restrain those stumbling toward the slaughter." So my message today is going to be called Denying Yourself to Free Yourself. Uh, in order to deny ourselves and deny our flesh, fasting is of utmost importance. We definitely need to fast in order to strengthen ourselves spiritually and to keep on the straight and narrow and to stay in God's will. Um, it teaches us to rely on Him and not just uh, the earthy things that we have, especially food. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to start. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this message. We thank you for everything that you pour into us. We thank you for your love and your mercy, and we thank you for giving us the strength every day to get up and do what we need to do according to your will. We thank you for every breath that we breathe. We know that every breath that we breathe is precious and we're not guaranteed the next breath. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, but we know that if we have you and we're leaning on you and we have you guiding and leading our life, that we will accomplish whatever you need to accomplish in our lives and through us so that we can help others. I pray that this message blesses you. I pray that it increases your 
spiritual walk with God. And we ask, Lord, that your words, put your words in my mouth and let your word be spoken. And we ask that you bless the listener and bless me as well as I speak your word. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so I think we all know what a yoke is, at least for most of us. Um, A yoke is a wooden cross piece that is uh, fastened over um, the necks of two animals. And like oxen to plow or pull a cart, and most of these yokes weigh, you know, 55 pounds or more. Uh, plow yokes could weigh twice that, so over a hundred pounds. Uh, in the scripture, yoke is referring to the weight of sin. It means um, that sin carries a weight, and that in order to relieve that weight, we need to expel that yoke. We need to put that yoke somewhere else. We need to take it off that weight that we're carrying around. And not only does taking the yoke off um, help relieve the weight, but it looses the bands of wickedness. The Bible talks about the wages of sin is death, and that sin, it's like putting bands around us and restraining us. We become slaves to the devil. We become slaves to sin and slaves to wickedness. And those, those bands of wickedness, they cause heavy burdens upon us they weigh us down they make us feel oppressed and depressed and even though uh, sin is can be fun the bible says that sin is only for a season that eventually it will run its course and when it's done running its course it will leave us empty it will leave us hopeless it will leave us searching for something to fill that emptiness with And these are the consequences of sin in our hearts and minds. It affects the connection that we have with God. It weighs us down continuously and it beats us up. And it takes our energy, it takes our hope, it takes our peace. And in the beginning of that scripture we read that it mentioned a fast. And fasting is one of the ways that we gain spiritual victory over our mind and over these fleshly desires that our body is continually wanting and needing. And worldly wants and temptation that we constantly battle from day to day. And as Proverbs said, we need to be rescued. And the one way to be rescued is to deny ourselves. And that goes all the way back to the cross, is we must crucify ourselves, and we must deny ourselves and deny our flesh and crucify our flesh in order to be rescued. And it's not us that's doing the rescuing, it's God himself that's doing the rescuing. In order to have him rescue us, we must crucify ourselves and give ourselves to him. And sin is the leading cause of us as far as spiritual death and spiritual decay and sin is leading us to death and leading us to the slaughter and it's not necessarily a physical death although sin can lead you to a physical death but it's talking about a spiritual death a spiritual separation from God and the slaughter is talking about the end the end of sin the Bible says that sin the wages of sin is death 
So whether it's spiritual death or physical death, whether it's our spirituality that's being slaughtered or our actual physical being, um, either one of those is uh, going to be slaughtered by sin and the sin in our lives. Now God sends people and he puts us in places where in our life in certain circumstances these people are sent to us to rescue us. For example, this message God knew to over 2,000 years ago who would be listening and he knew that he would use me to preach this message and that it would help somebody. Even if it just helps one listener, if it just helps one person escape from the prison that they're in, escape from the heavy burdens and the bonds of wickedness and the oppression that they feel. That's all that it, that's all that it was meant to do, was to help that person. But God's word never comes up void. It's always there. It's always going to help whoever God intends it to help and whoever is listening. So God will send people messages. He will put us in places in our life to help rescue us. But it's up to us to choose that help and to choose uh, to allow someone to help rescue us and to t basically talk some sense into us and to divert our path, especially if our path is destructive. However, you have the power to overcome and it comes by the way of the fast. It comes by the way of praying and reading God's word. Now, fasting goes against every natural instinct in us. Uh, our natural instinct is to feed our body and to nourish our flesh. And that instinct is innate. We are born with that. And it is a strong driving force. It is necessary for our survival because if we don't eat, then we don't survive. So we are constantly driven naturally to eat when our body is hungry it will um, tell us that it's hungry our brain says hey look you need to eat you don't you're running out of energy you need to eat and last 30 years actually not 30 years I meant 30 <laughs> 30 pounds I've gained has been uh, since I've been married and needless to say I have eaten a lot so maybe I should fast a little more <laughs> But I blame it on my wife. She cooks really good, so it's hard to resist her food. But anyways, uh, <laughs> there are, when you look at hunger, I've started to dive into hunger a little bit because it is a, a driving force for our survival. There are two types of hunger. The first one is called homeostatic, which is your body's natural response to be driven uh, to um, satisfy your hunger and it's driven by a complex series of signals throughout the body and the brain that tells you when you need to eat and tells you even when to stop eating and sometimes your stomach will tell you if you eat too much uh, the second one's called hedonic or hedonic some people call it hedonic or hedonic um, however you want to pronounce it um, hedonic is driven it's actually broken up from the word hedonism and eat it's basically eating when you don't need to so your body you've had your meal you're full but for example overeating or that bloated feeling that you get 
it's basically, it's purely a pleasure-seeking hunger. So it's basically, it can be described as eating dessert after you're hungry. You don't really need dessert. You've already had a full meal. But it's kind of like, you know, the icing on the cake. It's, uh, you don't need it, but you, most of us do it anyways. It's hard to resist, you know, when you see that big old chocolate cake sitting in front of you. It's hard not to take a bite or if chocolate cake's not your thing. Um, it'll be something else. So hedonic uh, hunger is that hunger that drives you past your normal uh, hunger response and your normal satisfaction. And people, for example, on diets, they have trouble controlling this type of hunger or, or actually canceling it out completely. Uh, people that have to go on a diet or should go on a diet, maybe I should even go on a diet, get those 30 pounds off um it seems like i've done a lot of hedonic eating lately <laughs> especially around thanksgiving and christmas time but um anyways uh it's hard when you're on a diet to you have to resist that impulse because you're on a diet you have a specific amount of calories you can eat you have a certain amount of things you can eat and you can only eat specific foods and specific quantities. So it's very difficult to resist certain things. Diet's a perfect example um, when you're trying to lose weight and you know that you have to uh, resist certain things in order to lose that weight. And so you have to resist this hedonic hunger part in you. Uh, the homeostatic is normal, but the hedonic is abnormal. Hedo is part of the word hedonism, and it is the theory that pleasure, satisfaction, or desires is the highest good or the proper aim in human life. Now, doesn't this sound like the world that we live in now? We're living in a hedonistic world, a world that tells you that you basically, there is no guidelines, there is no um, limitations. You, if as long as you're not hurting anybody or you're um, just doing something to satisfy yourself or satisfy your hunger, whatever it is, that it's okay and everything is okay. There's really, it's very difficult to put limitations on yourself living a worldly lifestyle without having God's control. And in Timothy uh, 3 talks about this. It talks about in the last days how uh, people will be lovers of themselves, and they will be um, blasphemers. And all of the things that we know to be wrong with our society now, these are what we're going to experience in the last days. And this comes from this hedonistic nature where it's hard to control yourself and to control your impulses. Now, this theory of hedonism is false because... It, it is our body's natural desire to eat, but it doesn't mean that the pursuit of pleasure is the most valuable thing in the world. The most valuable thing in this life is time. And time, you cannot get it back. Money, you can get back. Uh, the day that you are born and the day that you're born as time starts to pass is really the day that you begin to die. Because as time passes, you are getting older and you can't have time back. And so, as the Bible said, sin is for a season and the wages of sin is death. So, 
if you continue in a hedonistic lifestyle, if you continue in a lifestyle that has no limitations and there's no guidelines and there's no morality, then that lifestyle can only end in spiritual death and decay. It can only end in physical death and separation from God. So fasting, prayer, and reading the Word are tools to help us overcome these desires and this hedonistic uh, lifestyle and this hedonistic nature that is in our flesh we are born with it we are born to be selfish creatures so in order to help overcome these desires of course number one we need god's help and once we have his help we need fasting prayer and we need reading the word and indulging ourselves in those things to change our heart and to change our mind and the way that we focus in our life so uh, today we're focusing on the fast. That's specifically what we're focusing on. Why should we fast? Well, fasting helps us with discipline. Um, denying oneself brings healing to your mind, body, soul, and spirit. It brings a humility. Um, it humbles us before God. It helps us to humble ourselves and realize that He is our main source of strength. If it's not food, it's not any other things that we can um, satisfy our flesh with. It's Him. It's His strength. He's the reason why we wake up every morning. He's the we reason why we're breathing every breath that we breathe. Uh, fasting brings spiritual strengthening. So as you fast, you become stronger in the Lord. You become stronger um, in your ability to to dissect his word and to get wisdom from that word. Uh, he closes the gap. This is huge. Fasting closes the gap between you and him. So as you're crucified, the more of yourself that you crucify and the more that you get rid of self, it closes that gap between you and God. And so this enables you to become more intimate with him. It builds your relationship with him. And the most, one of the most important things is that it cleanses your heart. See, Jesus called it the fasting of the heart. And that's really what it is. And I'm sorry, that's not Jesus. It's the Jews. The Jews, when they fast, they call it the fasting of the heart. And that's what it is because our hearts are wicked and they're deceitful. And the Bible says they're desperately wicked. And it says, who can know their own heart? So... Fasting accomplishes crucifixion in the areas of our life. During our fast, we help our spirit, we help our flesh, and we help our soul. We help our spirit by praying because the spiritual closeness brings relationship with God. So that helps our spirit. We connect to God through our spirit. That's how we connect. The Bible says that those who love Him and those who know him will connect to him through his spirit and through your spirit. And that spirit will bring truth into our life. Uh, number two, the flesh, the body, we fast to deny our flesh food. We deny our flesh its natural desires. And by doing that, we're disciplining ourselves to... It's hard. When you get on a fast, it's very difficult. You forget sometimes. Sometimes I'll go to grab a piece of food and God will remind me, you're on a fast, you know. So 
it sometimes it's very difficult when you're so used to just grabbing whatever you want to resist that but God will help you um, since he knows that you're making a sacrifice he will give you the strength to deny your flesh so it's disciplining our desire and that desire transfers to everything else in our life that can cause us to sin and so if we're able to fast and crucify our flesh and deny our flesh its natural desire which is food that's going to help us um, refuse other things that can damn our soul to hell and that's the third one is the soul the soul is your mind it's uh, reading the word so fasting accomplishes these three things in these three areas spirit flesh and soul your mind is important because that is the battleground for your soul so we must read the word while we're fasting we must pray while we're fasting to accomplish those three things in the spirit flesh and soul jesus he's a perfect example um, jesus fasted to draw near to god uh, he draw he fasted to demonstrate that his true nourishment in his flesh comes from god because we know that he was 100% man, 100% uh, God. So he felt the same thing. He suffered the same things that we do. He felt hunger. He felt tired. So he needed to demonstrate that his true nourishment, because he was manifested in the flesh, he needed that true nourishment and that true power came from his godly nature. And so he fasted for 40 days without food and water now I wouldn't recommend doing that um, especially without water you can possibly you can definitely do it without food but I would definitely pray about that and have God uh, lead you in that I've heard of some people doing um, a no f no food and water fast but it's really really difficult and you definitely want to make sure you're in the will of God when you do something like that and then Jesus also acknowledged that God was his sole source of strength because in his flesh he felt weak so that was one three of the reasons why jesus fasted he was tempted with lust the lust of the flesh the eyes and the pride of life and this is why god wants us to fast because jesus in luke 5 33 to 35 and matthew 9 14 through 15 uh, he tells his disciples to fast after his death so this wasn't something that was just um, supposed to be for them in those days it it was supposed to be for people even after his death and after his resurrection this was supposed to be used to strengthen his disciples and to strengthen us as children of God so someone said that when we fast we give up what we need to survive for what we need to live which is more of God and Jesus fasted because he realized that in his flesh as a man he was weak and that God's power in his deity was the only source of strength and nourishment and unity which is closeness Jesus's human nature recognized that in order to truly live he needed the power that was invested in him as God to truly live and to conquer his fleshly desires so we Jesus was perfect but we will never be perfect like him 
But when we fast, we reap five benefits. Number one is soul cleansing. It's a faith mover. It detoxifies your body and your spirit. Number two, it gives us a new desire for God. So we have a new passion. Our fire is reignited. If your fire is dying and you feel like you're losing your relationship with Him, then go on a fast. It'll give you a new desire for Him. It'll give you deeper praise. So we devote more time to Him, not dwelling on the need for food. So you you bring yourself closer to Him because of your denial of yourself and your denial of your flesh. Uh, number four, sensitivity to God's voice. Number five, new satisfaction. Food only satisfies us for a little while, but doing the work of God and getting close to God will satisfy you. It'll allow you to hear His voice more. It'll allow you to become closer to Him. So Jesus was tempted in three areas. Uh, in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, uh, one of them was materialism, which is the lust of the eyes. The devil tempted him. He said, look, he brought him up to a high mountain. He said, you can have all of the kings and kingdoms of this world if you will just bow down to me. And the second was he tempted him in hedonism, which is the lust of the body. He tempted him to turn stones to bread to satisfy his hunger. And then number three was egoism. He tempted him. Egoism has to do with the pride of life. So the three main sin areas are the lust of the eyes, the lust of the body, and the pride of life. And notice, Jesus was tempted in those three areas. Materialism, hedonism, and egoism. And egoism has to do with um, the pride of life and the devil you know, tempted him to cast himself down. And if, if you are God, then you'll be able to save yourself. So he tested his pride when he um, threw out that temptation for him. So, But notice that in verse 11, it says that the devil left and angels ministered unto him. So think about that. If you can resist the temptations of the devil and you can fast and you can um, do what you want to do on your fast and you can use God's strength to help you through that fast and you can accomplish it, angels will minister to you. God will minister to you. And it'll bring you to a new level spiritually. And so we want to remember that the most important thing that you have is time. And second is what you do with your time, what you pursue. Is your number one pursuit in life the pursuit of truth? Because truth will set you free. Truth will free you from the bonds of wickedness and heavy burdens and oppression. Winston Churchill said that the... Um, the truth is so precious that it should be surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. And the enemy tells you all the time about your salvation and redemption and your worth to God. He likes to lie to you about how much you're worth and that God didn't save you and that God didn't redeem you and that you, you're not worth being saved. He tells you that you're in control. Romans 6.16 tells us that we're, we're not in control. He tells you that you can't be forgiven. He tells you that you're unworthy. He tells you that you can't control your own desires on your own, which is actually true, that you can't control your own desires on your own. He will actually tell you the contrary. He'll tell you that you can control them on your own. And these are all lies to help you, to help keep you from the truth. 
that your eternity depends on fasting, prayer, and reading His Word. Once saved, always saved doesn't work because you can't be a Sunday Christian and a Monday sinner. You need a fresh anointing. You need a refreshing of the Spirit to continue to walk in the Spirit and to not yield to the desires of the flesh. Sin is overcome only by and through the power of the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, it is we can't do it. The Holy Ghost is what sustains us. It is what gives us power. It is what helps us to be overcomers. And so, in order for us to be overcomers, in order for us to be a, ch- a strong child of God, in order for us to be a soldier in God's army, we need to fast, we need to crucify ourselves. Jesus said to pick up his cross and follow him. He said, and in order to do that, we must crucify our flesh daily. We must rely on his strength to get us through things. We must l- rely on his decisions and his will any big decisions in your life you need to pray about them first you need to ask God for his direction and his wisdom and if you're going on a fast don't just go on a fast because then that and without praying and reading the word because then that's just a diet you need to go on a fast and read his word so the substitute for food is going to be the word of God it's going to be his his word that's our that's our spiritual food so you're going to rely on that to give you strength you're going to rely on prayer to give you strength you're going to rely on reading his word and fasting and prayer those three things reading his word fasting prayer those three things are going to bring you closeness those three things are going to bring you new spiritual revelation those three things are going to bring you to a new level with him and if you can do those and you can fast on a regular basis, you will see things happen in your life. You'll see things happen in your marriage, in your family. You'll see things happen with your children. My brother just had his daughter get the Holy Ghost and get baptized. And I believe that God blessed him because he was fasting for other people that had needs and God ended up blessing him for his sacrifice and for doing that for other people you fast and you have that mentality and you put other people first God is going to bless you for it so I encourage you to fast more frequently and God will bless you God will bless your family God will bless your life he will use you to minister to people Lord we love you and we thank you for this message we hope that it blesses someone today we hope that it increases their walk with you, increases their faith. We ask that you teach us how to fast, teach us how to become closer to you, teach us how to draw nearer to you through our fasting, through our prayer life, through reading the word. We want to know that you are our main source of energy. You are our main source of strength. You are our main source of wisdom and spiritual awakening. And we ask that you Bless us every day and bless these people and these listeners for their faithfulness. We ask you to touch their families, touch their lives, and to speak into them like you and only you can do. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you again for joining us. Thank you for allowing me to 
speak into your life for 30 minutes and I hope that God blesses you I'm so thankful and humbled that he would use me in any regard to speak his word and to help his people and I hope that you have a blessed day and enjoy your fast <laughs> and all joking aside fasting is definitely something if you haven't done it you should definitely pursue it and try it because it will bring you closer to him and I just want to say that I love you and I appreciate you all and I hope you have a wonderful day today and enjoy the rest of your week and the weekend with your family amen Thank you.